Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Have you ever heard those statistics about people who win, win the lottery? Destroys their lives. You know, I, I heard someone say, you know, I just like to just try and see. Maybe I'll just be the exception. So well, we don't have a lottery in Hawaii, thankfully. But you know why it is that in the end it's not blessed? Because there was no training. There was no learning how to handle that much money all at one time. And it came too easy. And easy come, easy go, it's been said. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs states that an inheritance gained quickly is not blessed. This is to say that those who obtain much with little to no effort are often quick to end up with more problems than blessings. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reflects on the importance of diligence, wisdom, and discernment when it comes to inheritance. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 20 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You know, I've always regretted rushing into a decision without seeking counsel. And conversely, I've never regretted taking my time, getting counsel, seeking advice. And by the way, seeking advice requires a tremendous amount of humility. Being able to humble oneself and say, you know, I I really need some input on this. I'm about to make this decision and I really need some good counsel. Verse 19. This is interesting. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, this is really good advice, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Okay, think this through with me. So you're talking to somebody, and they're talking stink about someone else to you. And, and you're like, oh really? And it usually starts with something like, did you hear about so-and-so? No. And so they're just going on and on. I mean, they're just talking stink about them, and they're slandering them. They're gossiping about them. They're assassinating their character. And then they leave, and you're feeling defiled. <laughs> Think about this. If they're going to say that about them to you, what are they going to say to them about you? Here they're talking about so-and-so telling you about so-and-so, and and then you see them talking to so-and-so. You know what they're probably telling so-and-so? They're telling so-and-so about you. They just got done telling you about so-and-so, and and now they're telling so-and-so about you. Stay away from them. Run. Many years ago, I this is when I was on the mainland. This, this individual was the quintessential talebearer. I mean gossiper, rumor, I mean juicy gossip, always talking stink about people. When I would see them coming, I was just like, oh Lord, please rapture me right now. Just out of, <laughs> I don't want to talk to this person. And without exception, they would come to me and they would try to start doing this with me. And then finally, 
I had the perfect response. So they would come to me and say something like, hey, did you hear about how so-and-so's doing? I said, no, I didn't, but I'll go ask them. Have a nice day. Oh, okay. In other words, they're going to come and talk to you about so-and-so. Hey, you know what? I'll I'll go talk to so-and-so. Hey, maybe I'll pray with them and pray for them. I'll pray for so-and-so. How about that? Instead of praying on them, P-R-E-Y, I'm going to pray, P-R-A-Y, for them. Get away from that person. And I think it is very appropriate. Be, Be gracious. Back when I was younger, I was very, I was just telling Artie about this uh, a couple weeks ago. We were having dinner together about how my younger days, man, I was just, a, I was a militant, abrasive, mean, I mean, just, I mean, I, I just pulled no punches. Some of you are looking at me going, you're still like that. No, I'm not. <laughs> God's done a work in my life over the years, especially in the last two or three years. But man, I, I just would get up in their grill. They would come to me and say something like, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Uh, no, and I don't want to. In fact, you better go to so-and-so. Hey, i got a real problem with them. Well, you need to talk to them. That's what the Bible says. You got an issue with somebody? Go to them one-on-one. Jesus said, if you've got aught with your brother, and you're, you're, you're going to serve at the altar, bring your gift to the altar, don't even think about it. Leave your gift. Get to that person as quick as you can. Don't even offer your gift. Go settle it quickly. And, and you better do it fast before the devil, it'll cost you to the uttermost farthing. In other words, if you don't settle that matter quickly, you're going to give the devil a foothold. You better settle that matter with your brother or sister. I heard Oswald Chambers say it this way. It's the best, one of the best things I ever heard in my life. It's not, have you been wronged? It's, have you wronged? Have you wronged? Oh no, but they, they wronged me. Did you hear about what they did to me? No, I don't want to hear about what they did to you. Don't let let somebody, I think it is very appropriate, what I was going to say was, I think it's very appropriate, we need to keep moving here, very appropriate to say to somebody who wants to try to start a fire like this, to say to them, stop. Uh, (laughs) I am not going to listen to that. I am not going to let you do that. If you got a problem with them, you better go to them. And you want me to know about how they're doing? I'm not going to hear that from you. I'm going to go to them. Hey, how are you doing? Okay. Verse 20. Oh, this is good. This, we had fun with this when our kids were young. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. This is like that proverb that we haven't got to yet that says, if a child curses their father or their mother, the uh, birds of the air will pluck out their eyeballs. This is what I, yeah, I love Proverbs like this. I don't know, it might, might, might be the way I, I'm wired, but it's a good deterrent. You know, it speaks to the importance of honoring one's mo- mother and father. Verse 21, an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. How true is this? Have you ever heard those statistics about people who win, win the lottery? Destroys their lives. 
You know, I, I heard someone say, you know, I just like to just try and see, maybe I'll just be the exception. So we don't have the lottery in Hawaii, thankfully, but you know why it is that in the end it's not blessed? Because there was no training, there was no learning how to handle that much money all at one time. And it came too easy. And easy come, easy go, it's been said. Unless you have, talk about the depth of character, to be able to handle that, it will not be blessed in the end. Verse 22, do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait for the Lord and He will save you. In other words, vengeance belongs to the Lord. Don't take matters into your own hands. You know, sometimes I've heard it said like this, if you try to defend yourself, God will let you. Let God be your defense. Let God defend you. You've been wronged. Don't take matters into your own hands. Don't mete out justice. You will always make it worse. Let God take care of it. Verse 23, we've already talked about this. Diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord, and dishonest scales are not good. Verse 24, a man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way. This speaks to a very important truth in Scripture that I want to expound upon as we get further into this book of Proverbs, because it basically speaks to this. You know, we, we will never, this side of heaven, understand the ways of God, the whys. We always have the why questions. Who can? Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things of the Lord thy God belong to the Lord thy God. You know, there are just things this side of heaven that we will never understand. We will not understand the ways of God. His ways are too high for our understanding. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He directs our steps and we, we may not understand, and here's the thing, we need to be okay with that. You know in Philippians 4 uh, verses uh, 6 and 7 where Paul talks about the way to not worry about any, worry about nothing is to pray about everything and thank God for anything. And then that peace of God that surpasses human understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's, it's really brilliant actually, because by the Holy Spirit, Paul is contrasting the peace that surpasses understanding with the peace that comes from understanding. Now let me explain that. See, sometimes when I understand, okay, now I can have peace of mind. I understand. Now it makes sense. But how about when it doesn't make sense? It's unsettling. I don't understand. That's the peace that Paul is talking about. You can't understand, and you need to be okay with that, and you can still have that peace that surpasses understanding, human understanding. It's not predicated upon human understanding. I don't need to understand. And besides that, how can God who is infinite answer and, 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 and give us everything in the finite? You know, when, when your kids are young, they'll ask you why questions, a million why questions. Why is the sky blue? Because God likes blue. Why does God like blue? Because God likes blue. Well, why, why does God like blue? Because it's, it's the color of heaven. Why is blue the color of heaven? 
There's, there's, there's no way you're ever going to satisfy. And that's the way it is with an infinite God. We have all of these why questions that are going to remain unanswered and not understood until we're in glory. And then we were always so, <laughs> we, we, I, I laugh, I, I'm just as guilty as the next guy. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, blah, 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 blah. No, you're not. When you get to heaven, you're just going to be like, <laughs> I'm here. The last thing on your mind is going to be, you know, this list of questions. You know, God, I was going to ask you about this. No, it won't matter. It won't matter. You've heard about the three responses when we get to heaven. The first response is going to be, I'm here. The second response is going to be, they're here. And it's this third response that's very sobering. Where are they? The three responses when we get to heaven. Verse 25, it is a snare for a man to devote rashly something as holy and afterward to reconsider his vows. In other words, don't be too quick to make a commitment. Think it through. (laughs) Uh, God takes vows seriously. When we make pledges, we make commitments. Verse 26, a wise king, we've talked about this, sifts out the wicked and brings the threshing wheel over them. You've heard that expression in the secular sense that the wheels of justice turn slowly. Well, at least they're turning. (laughs) You know, eventually that wheel, that threshing wheel will go over them. Verse 27, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of the heart. This is, I think of David when Samuel goes to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel to succeed Saul. And they're all just flabbergasted. I mean, they, they are just, they cannot understand for sure Eliab the firstborn would be anointed king of Israel. And it's not Eliab the firstborn, it's David, the baby of the family. Jesse had eight sons. And when they're all just baffled by this, God says to Samuel, the reason you're all so baffled is because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And the reason why David was anointed to be the next king of Israel is because this David had a heart after God's own heart. And it is the spirit of the Lord that is the light that searches the inner depths of the heart and knows the heart. So like tonight, interesting, I don't want to get too weird here, but I'm looking at all of you in your outward appearance. And by the way, you all look marvelous. God's not looking at your outward appearance. He's looking at your heart. That's what He sees. He doesn't see the outward appearance. Verse 28, mercy and truth preserve the king and by loving kindness he upholds his throne. This is probably the best proverb that any leader could ever abide by. To be loving as a leader, to be kind as a leader, to be merciful, to be truthful. If you're merciful, if you're truthful, if you're loving, if you're kind, you will always inspire loyalty in those people 
that are serving under your leadership. Verse 29, the glory, verse 29, well especially the second part of verse 29, is a life verse for me, and some of you too. Here's what it says, the glory of young men is their strength. That ship has sailed. (laughs) And the splendor of old men is their gray head. Just give me a moment. Did you hear that? The splendor of old men is their gray head. You know, we don't, in this day and age, we don't esteem the wisdom of the aged, those that are up there in years. We were looking at some old home videos when the boys were young. In fact, we were looking at them on the phone on the way here, and uh, just brought back so many fond memories. But this is from like you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago. And the first thing, of course, like you, the first thing you always look at in a video or a picture is you, (laughs) what you look like. And I looked at that video of me, and I was younger, and my hair wasn't as gray. In fact, it was actually quite black, pretty handsome looking guy. And I was looking in the mirror and, you know, of course I'm, uh, you know, sporting, because, you know, I have to overcompensate for what's not up here anymore, so you put it down here and just try to, you know, humor yourself. And I'm just looking at how much of this is now gray. So I thank God for Proverbs chapter 20, verse 29, the second part, about the splendor of old men is their gray head. Verse 30, lastly, blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. David referred to this about how that it was the affliction that turned him back on the right path. He would have went astray were it not for the Lord afflicting him, that because of the blows, if you will, that's what got David back to God. Well, let's bring it to a close. This is a great chapter, and again, I, we're, it looks like going to do a chapter a week, which is fine, but this chapter to me paints a stark contrast of the disparity between how we see ourselves and how God sees us. Let me explain just very quickly. Innate within our sin nature is this proclivity to always shed ourselves in the most favorable light. And boy, I tell you, the book of Proverbs exposes it and brings it to light. So we have these contrasting Proverbs, where it contrasts the wicked with the righteous, and the wicked do this, but the righteous do this. And we're like, yeah, those wicked people and then we're, we're, we're the righteous. No, you're not. Oh, no, but I, we always want to shed ourselves, because that's how we see ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves. How we see ourselves is not how God sees us, because we're always going to shed ourselves in the most favorable light. Thankfully, <laughs> the Word of God is a mirror 
and it shows us us. By the way, we're talking about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, the law of God, is a mirror that shows us us, and how God sees us as lawbreakers, as sinners, as wretches who need a Savior. That's how God sees us. And we need the mirror of God's Word to show us our true condition in the eyes of God. We can't get away with thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. I want to close with James chapter 1, and I'll read verses 23 through 25. You know this well, but I think it has application to this chapter in Proverbs tonight. James writes, Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. This is something we do every day. What a great analogy, what a great illustration. So you get up in the morning, and if you're anything like me, you're not that quick to look in the mirror first thing in the morning, and you look at yourself in the mirror, and what's the first thing you say? I need to make some changes. Uh, there's hair that needs to be taken care of here. Uh, I need to shave hair where it shouldn't be. I wish there was hair where it used to be. And uh, we, you know, wash our faces. And ladies, bless God bless you. You, you know, as I heard one say, if the barn needs painting, paint the barn. You guys have the benefit of makeup. You guys can do wondrous things. We can't. We're stuck. We were born with these faces. So we look at our face in the mirror and we're seeing, what are we seeing? We're seeing ourselves in our true condition, right? Now, we walk away from the mirror and we say, yeah, yeah, what? And we don't do anything. That's what James is saying. So here's the Word of God, the perfect law of God, and it shows us, us warts and all, in our true condition, as God sees us. And now it's up to us, are we going to make the necessary changes? God, God's showing me me. Uh, you better do something about that. Yeah, I better do something about that. You better do something about that. Yeah, I better do something about that. And so we go from being just a hearer of God's Word to a doer of God's Word. Because again, just because we have ears doesn't mean we hear. Being a hearer of God's Word is not good enough. We have to be a doer and make the necessary changes when we see ourselves as God sees us in our true condition. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. 
A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Call me, me true, true.